Mesechtes Ksubis Daf Mem Gimel, eight lines from the bottom of Daf Mem Beis on Beis, Rabbi held that even by a of Knas, once there was Hamad Bedin, we consider it a of Mammon, and of course we don't have a Din that Moedah Beknas is Pata, and a father is Moedah to rights to collect the Knas to his children, but there were two exceptions based on Xerus HaKasim. Number one, by Enes Fata, until the father actually collects the Knas, it is still not considered as Mammon, since the Torah says, Bin Nasan Labi and it can't be Moedah Shlubadov until after that point, and number two, by all Kiyubi Knossos, there is no Asham Gzelis, since even after Hamad Bedin, although it would seem to be a Kfir Betayinus Mammon, but it's not similar to all the other cases that are mentioned in the Pesukim by Bechikesh, which are purely a Chiyav Mammon, while the Shorish and Ikah of all Knossos originated as a Chiyav Knas. And we begin our Gemara, and Abaye continues, and Eis and Rabba from the Mishnah Mesech the Shvuas, Eisvei, Rab Shimon Paitash, Eimishalm Knas Al Piyatzmai. As we saw yesterday, the Mishnah Mesech the Shvuas states that if Reuben claims that Shimon was Ma'adis, or Mephata, my daughter, and Shimon denies the claim and swears, and is then Maida, but Shimon holds that although Shimon will be hired to pay for any Chiyav Mammon, such as Baisha Begam and Sar, but since even if he was Maida, that he was Ma'anis or Mephata, Reuven's daughter, he would have been Potter, since it's before Amad Abedin, and Maida Begnas is Potter, therefore by Shimon lying to Reuven, he didn't really cause him a loss, and wasn't stealing the class from Reuven, and he's therefore not Mechuyiv to pay a Chaymish, and is also not Mechuyiv to bring an Asham Gzelis. And Abai is now Medayik from the words of Rav Shimon, that the only reason Rav Shimon said that Yenachayev and Hashem Gzelis is because there was not yet Hamad Bedin, Ha'am Bedin, but if there was already Hamad Bedin, where at this point it already turns into Chiyam Mamin, the Mishalam al and at this point there is no longer dispensation of Moedah Beknas that would be Pata, so Kabbal Shvua Nami Machayev, it is Mashmur that you would also be Chayev to bring a Karban Shvua, you would be Chayev to bring an Hashem Gzelis, and Rabbi taught us that the fear of Shimon, by Ernest Mufata and all Chiyu Beknasis, that are Ikrim Knas, there was never Chiyam of Hashem Gzelis, so how can you explain Rab Shimon in the Mishnah Masech the Shvuas and Ayin in the Baram Tesis Diva Maschal HaOmer Bedin Mishal Malpiatzmai, where Tesis points out that Abai is only asking this Lefi Shitetz Rabbah, as Abai himself holds that Lefi Rab Shimon, we learn from Vichichesh Bamisai that even after Hamad Bedin, all the Knosses are still considered Knosses, and the Din would still be that even after Hamad Bedin, Moedah Beknas would be Potter, and Rab Shimon stating the Bryce on the bottom of Bezom and Alf Yatsu Ilu Shem Knas and Ainu Chanami when Rab Shimon. Said in Mesechel Shvuas that your putter from Nasham Gzelis she'enim shalma piatzmai. He's not only discussing where it was prior to Hamad Bedin, but it applies even if Hamad Bedin, as even if Hamad Bedin, if he is Moed Beknas, he would be putter, and therefore there is no stereo between the Mishnah and Shvuas and the Din of Rab Shimon and Brisa, as in both Rab Shimon says even if Hamad Bedin, there is no Chiyuv Hashem Gzelis. And Agamar continues that Rabbi responds to Abaya that Rab Shimon was referring to Rabbanan Kamlu. Rab Shimon was only responding to Rabbanan. Ludi di Afakab the Ambedin Rachman. According to my shita, that even after Hamad Bedin, the Torah parted you from the pasuk of Chichesh, as by all Chiyuve Knas, the Ikran is a Knas, and therefore it's not similar to the cases brought in the pasuk of Chichesh by Misai. However, El Dutru Oidlemia Hechadlay Am Bedin, but Rav Shimon Yisrael but according to your shita, even if you don't hold that the pasuk of Chichesh by Misai, and you hold that the pasuk of Hashem Gzelis is relevant to Chiyuve Knases in a case where it was after Hamad Bedin, because at that point. It's considered a chi of mammon and not a chi of knas. But l'chayr, you should also be made to me in the case of Masech the Shvuas, where Reuven came to Shimon and Tainid that you were ma'anis, so you were to my daughter. And it's a case where it was prior to Hamad Bedin. And therefore, as the Gemara says, the chi katava knasa katava, or maidu beknas pata, that since it's prior to Hamad Bedin, and maidu beknas is pata, and therefore Shimon's kvira didn't cause any real loss to Reuven, as he wasn't kaifa on a chi of mammon, as even if Shimon would have been maidu to Reuven, that he was ma'anis, or his daughter, 
even you and Rabbanon agreed that there would be a dinner made of potter, and therefore, of course, you should not be hired to bring in a sham gzelis. And we continue on that mem gimel medal for Rabbanon Savri and Rabbanon say back to Rab Shimon, Kikotava, Baisha Begam Kotava, then the case of Misech Shvuas, when Reuben was Tevea Shimon and he claimed that you were Ma'anis or Mafata, my daughter, there were actually two possibilities as to what the Ikka claim of Reuben was. There is a possibility that Reuben's claim to Shimon was that Shimon owes him the knas for being Ma'anis or being Mafata's daughter, and if that was Reuben's claim, then of course, since it's prior to our Bedin and the dinners that made the Beknas' Pata, so even if Shimon was Kaif for the Taina of Reuben and he swore and then he was Maida, he would still be Pata from the Chiyav of bringing a Sham Gazelis. However, there was another possibility that when Reuben Taina to Shimon, they were Ma'anis or Mafata, my daughter, he was actually only making a claim for the Chiyav of Baisha Begam, which is the Chiyav Mammon, and therefore when Shimon denied that and he also swore falsely and then he was Maida, so since Shimon was Kaifer and was Nibbalashaka on a Chiyav Mammon, so therefore there would be Chiyav on Shimon to bring an Asham Gzelis. And Lafi Zed, the Machlech is between Rab Shimon and Rabbanon in the case of Mesech the Shvuas, where Reuben was Tevea Shimon and he said that you are Ma'anis or you are my daughter. And in that case, there is no question and there is no Machlech is between Rab Shimon and Rabbanon that definitely Shimon would be parted from the Knas, but he would be Chai for Baisha Begam. The only question is, does it fit into the din of Asham Gzelis or not? And the Rabbanon state that there is a Chi of Asham Gzelis because the Ikat Tfiyah of Reuben was a Tfiyah for the Baisha Begam, which is a Chi of Mamin, and therefore the Kfirah of Shimon was on a Chi of Mamin and his Chayiv and Asham Gzelis. But Rab Shimon says, I hold that you're always going to be part from Asham Gzelis by all classes, even if Tahamad Abedin from the Pascha of Chichesh, as we explained on Membeza and Bez. However, even Ladilcha, according to your Svara, we should still say that the Ikat Fiyas Mamin of Ruvain was on a Chi of Knas, and therefore at least you should be minded to me in a case where the Tfiyah was prior to Tahamad Abedin that Shimon should be part from Asham Gzelis. And the Gemara is, but my commentary, what's the basis for the Machlik is that Rabbi Shimon holds that the Iketfiyah of Ruven is a class and Rabbana holds that the Iketfiyah of Ruven is for Baisha Begam. And Amr um, Rapapa, Rapapa states, Rabbi Shimon Sav, Rabbi Shimon holds, like Shavik Inish Midi the Kits, Bitava Midi the Kits. That it makes sense. When Ruven goes to Shimon and says that you are Ma'anis or Mafata, my daughter, he's going to be today as something which is a set obligation because there is a Chiyav of 50 shekel. And it doesn't make sense that he would go over to his friend and be today him something which is not even a set obligation and he's not even sure what Shimon would owe him in this case and therefore for a tefiyah of Baisha Begam he would wait until he goes in front of a competent bezin in order to determine exactly what Shimon owes him and he wouldn't rely on Shimon just paying him out because of course they would still have to determine what the chiv would be and Rabbanon Savi and Rabbanon hold and Rabbanon say that doesn't make sense that Reuven would go over to Shimon outside of a court system and say to Shimon that you owe me a class because you were Ma'anis or Mafata, my daughter, because Ruvain knows that if Shimon would actually agree to him, then he actually would lose out and he would not be able to collect the class because, of course, Maidu Beknas is Pata. And therefore, it must be that when Ruvain went over to Shimon outside of the court system and he said that you were Ma'anis or Mafata, my daughter, it must be that he was only trying to claim that he owes him Baishas Begam because certainly he wouldn't have been asking him for the class at all. And that's why, Lafir Rabbanon, you can be Chayiv and Hashem because the time was on a Tfiyas Mamin. And therefore, when Shim was Kaifa and he was Nishba, he was swearing about something which was a Tainus Mamin. And our Gemara continues with a new Shailah, and since the Gemara will bring a Raya to our Shailah from our Mishnah, therefore we discuss this question now. And prior to learning the Gemara, let's just point out that we know that Meduraisa, father has rights to all the Nechassim and the Maishidayim of his daughter, as the Pasuk states, Binurel Beisavia and Kos Chosnu Urim And we also know that generally a father
father would support his daughter, and therefore every father has certain chusim that he retains from his daughter, but he also has certain obligations. Now our Gemara begins by Mene Rabavina Rav Sheshis. Ravina asked the following question for Rashishis. If there's a Yisayman that's being supported by her brothers after her father dies, who would retain the rights to her Maisiyadayim? And keep in mind that the reason why the brothers support their sister is based on a Tlaxuba where a husband writes to his wife, and I accept on myself an obligation to support any daughters that we have together until the time that they get married or until the time that they become a Begaris, even after I die. And Taisa points out that, of course, if Ravina understood that there is no question that once the father dies, there is no Chiyu or Yisayma to give her Maisiyadah to her brothers, as the Gemara later on in the Amid will bring Xerus Akasav to show us that the father has no rights to be married to Schusim that he has in his daughter to his children. However, the Gemara's question over here is only on Rabbanan level, and the Gemara is asking where the Rabbanan Musakin that in exchange for supporting their sister, therefore they should have a right to our earnings. And Ravina now goes through the Tutsadim. Do we say that the brothers are stepping into the father's shoes? And just like when a father was alive, she would give her Maisidayim to her father, that the Rabbanan said that a Maisidayim will go to the brothers since they're supporting her. And what is the second sad? Or maybe you say, it's not similar to the case of the father, because over there the father supporting her from his own Nechassim, therefore it makes sense that the Torah said that he has a right to her Maisidayim. But over here they're not giving her support from their own Nechassim, as the brothers' only chiv to support her are from their father's estate based on the Tlaxuba. And therefore, maybe we would say that the Maisiyadayim would not belong to the brothers and she would retain her Maisiyadayim. So Amalei, Rav Shesha responds back to Ravina, Tanisu, we learned in the Mishnah, that Almana receives Mizaynais, she receives support from the Nechassim of the Yisaymim, which is based on the Tlaxuba, or Maisiyadayim Shalan, and they receive her Maisiyadayim. So you see, once they support Almana, they receive Maisiyadayim, and therefore, over here also, once there's a bas that the Zayim's been achin and is supporting this daughter, so then they should receive her Maisiyadayim. On that, the answered, Me, Dami, you can't compare the case of Almana to the case of a daughter. That maybe over there in Echinami, the father isn't concerned that his Almana should receive extra earnings, and therefore his expectation is that if he's going to support her while she's an Almana, then his children should receive her Maisiyadayim. However, when the father agrees to support his daughter after he dies, he is happy that she's being supported and he's even happy if she would receive extra income and have extra earnings. And therefore, it's possible that even though that Benigay al-Mona, the din is that a Maisiyadayim would go to the children, however, Benigay, his daughter, the Maisiyadayim would not go to the children. And the Gemara continues, and asks, it seems to be saying that a father is more willing that his daughter should receive panasa than for his Amana to receive money. But we learned from Rabab and Neymar Abbasi, also Amana Itzal that if Ruvain dies and he leaves over his estate which didn't have enough nechassim and didn't have enough assets to support his sons his daughters as well as his amana then the order of priority as to who's to support first is as follows just like if there was only a daughter and brothers and there was only enough assets to support some the din is that the daughters would get supported first and the brothers would have to go and collect around the town in order to support themselves and the same din applies if there will be an Amana and a daughter and the question is who should get supported first the Amana would be supported first and the daughter would be the one that has to go around town in order to collect money to support herself so clearly we see that a father is more 
concerned about his almana than about his daughter. So the Gemara answers, Zulusa that in Hanami, embarrassment that someone would have to go around town and beg for money and beg for food. There, of course, the father is more concerned about the prestige of his almana, and he doesn't care as much about his daughters who are younger, and therefore the embarrassment won't be as great. However, of course, he's much more concerned that his daughters should have more money, and therefore they should retain the Maisidaim, and he doesn't necessarily care as much if his almana has excess money as long as she's being supported. And Rashi explains the reason why a father wants to make sure that his daughter has excess money is in order to make sure that she will get married because aside from the standard amount that she will receive from her father's state for her dowry, he wants to make sure she even has extra money for an Antonio so she should be able to get married properly. And the Gemara continues, Master Rav Yesef, Rav Yesef on Rav Sheshes, who responded to Rav Avina and stated that the brothers received the right to her Maisiyadayim. And Rav Yesef now asked a kasha from our Mishnah, Daphman Beza Manalev, that states, any money that she already earned or anything that she already found which were not yet collected so the din is that even if her father dies at that point the brothers would retain it as the father had a right to those Maisidaim and the Metziah prior to him dying and therefore he's merish it to his sons and Rebbeisah makes a simple diak it's muhach from the Mishnah that the only reason why the brothers would receive the rights to the Maisidaim is because she already earned it in her father's lifetime and therefore he was merish it to his children and therefore it's mashma if she earned the money after the father already died then she would retain the money and she would not have to give it to her brothers and therefore they would not receive the Maisidayim so my lab in Zionis our mission is talking even in the case where she was being supported by the brothers and she would still keep her Maisidayim so you see against Rav Sheshis and the Gemara answers the mission is talking about a case where when the father died there were no Nechassim and therefore she wasn't receiving support from the brothers that's why she doesn't have to give her earnings to her brothers. However, if the brothers were supporting her, then of course they would have a right to her Maisidayim. And the Gemara now is, Ibish in Zainis, if the Mishnah talk about a case where she wasn't being supported by the brothers, so Maila Memra, what's the Chiddush of the Mishnah? And Rashi points out that there would be no Chiddush in the Mishnah because if the Mishnah itself is trying to teach you that if she earned money while the father was alive, that he has a right to be Moshe to her children, that would be Pashat since it's not a Chi of class, it's a Chi of Mammon. And therefore, of course, the father already had a right to it, and therefore, of course, he can be merished. And you also can't tell me that the Chiddush of the Mishnah is the diuk that we said, that if she earned money after her father died, that she retains that money and she doesn't have to give it to her brothers, but that is not either a Chiddush, as certainly if they aren't supporting her, they have no right to her Maiseyadayim, as if they do, how would she be able to support herself, and therefore it's Pasha that she would be able to keep any money that she earned. And the Gemara continues to explain this question, even according to the Manda Amma and Masech is gifted on Dafya Bez, that states, that a master could say to his ever knani that you should work for me and I don't have to pay you and I still won't support you. Even according to that Madama, it's only relevant to an ever knani where the likes of the Pasuk doesn't say, and therefore you don't have to treat an ever knani so well. But certainly by the ever every where the Torah says, and we learn, and we know that you have to treat an ever every properly and therefore over there you can't tell an every that you must work for me and still I won't support you so and certainly a person's own daughter that the Torah said that he has a right to a Maisidayim if he takes a Maisidayim then certainly he has to support her and certainly by brothers if they have a Chiyah to support her then they may have a right to retain a Maisidayim but certainly if you explain our Mishnah that's discussing a 
case where the brothers aren't supporting her because they have no nechassim, and certainly she retains her ma'aseidayim, and l'chayra, what's the chiddush of our Mishnah? And the Gemara answers, Amr Rabba'ula, and Rabba'ula answers that in a chanami, if the brothers supported her, then they would have a right to her earnings, as Rav Shesha stated, but our Mishnah is discussing a case where after the father died, there was no nechassim, and the children didn't support the sister, and therefore certainly they don't retain her ma'aseidayim, and the chiddush of the Mishnah is, in a case that this Yisayma earns more than the standard Maisiyadayim, which is called Hadafa, and you may think that just like where her father doesn't support his daughter, although he can't keep her Maisiyadayim, and she can't be treated worse than ever in every, and she needs a way to live, however, he does retain the right to her excess earnings, and you may think that her brothers would also have a right to any surplus, even if they don't support her, so Kamash learned that they don't get her Maisiyadayim, and they don't receive her Hadafa. And the Gemara continues, Amr Rav Rav states, Could it be that such a great person like Rabbi Yasef did not know that he could explain the Mishnah that is referring to Adafa, and therefore he asked a question on Rabbi Sheshis, it doesn't make sense, Rabbi Yasef would ask such a question, and therefore it must be that Rabbi Yasef had some sad to ask this question, and therefore Elam Rava, Rava explains Rabbi Yasef's question was as follows, Rabbi Yasef was bothered by the Mishnah itself, the because the Mishnah said that if she earned Maisidayim before the father died, or she found a Mitzia prior to the father dying, even though she didn't collect her Maisidayim or her Metziah. And the Gemara's question is that we understand the case of not collecting her Maisidayim because, for example, her boss didn't give her a paycheck yet. But if she found something, then of course she received it. There's never going to be a case of by Metziah. And what case is the Mishnah possibly talking about when it says that her father has a right to be married to Metziah of his daughter to his sons, even though she didn't yet collect it prior to his death? And therefore, Rabbi explains Rabbi Yasef therefore made a deal for the Mishnah. It must be that what the Mishnah was saying when it brought down the case of Maisideh and Mitziyasa, it must be making comparison between Maisideh and Kimitziyasa that the dinner Maisideh is similar to the dinner Mitziyah. And Ma Mitziyah Bechaya Avla Avla Achamisa Avla Atma, just like Benegay Mitziyah, there's a very clear distinction, and any Mitziyah that she found while her father was alive goes to her father, as Rashi points out, Mishum Eva, since the father supports her, therefore he expects to get her Mitziyah, and if not, he will feel bad, and it will cause strife. And any Matthias that she finds after her father dies, even if the brothers are supporting her, the din is that since they're supporting her only from the father's assets, so therefore there is no din of Eva, and therefore she doesn't give the Matthias to her brothers. So the same din applies to her earnings. If she earned the money during her father's lifetime, it goes to the father and he could be manchala to his children. However, if she earned that money after the father died, she retains that money, and even though the brothers support her, she doesn't have a chiyav to give her a Maisidayim. And the Gemara says, Shema Minar, Rabbi Yisif felt that there's a raya, that the din is, Basan Zayn Zmin Achim, her Maisidayim will be retained by herself, and she doesn't have to give it to her brothers. And the Gemara continues, It Manami, we also learned, Amr Abidum Rav, Rabbi Yudah said the name of Rav, similar to Rabbi Yisif, Basan Zayn Zmin Achim, Maisidayim La'atzma, even if Yisayim is being supported by her brothers, the din is that her Maisidayim will be retained by her, and she doesn't have to give it to her brothers. And the Gemara continues, Amr Rav Kana, Rav Kana states, My Taimah, how do we know that Maisidayim do not belong to her brothers and it belongs to her. And Tais points out that this question isn't only on Rav and Rav Sheshis that stated over here that she retains her Maisidayim in the case where her brothers are supporting her, but even according to Rav Sheshis that states that she does not retain her Maisidayim and it goes to her brothers. However, as we mentioned before from Tais, even Rav Sheshis agrees that after her father dies, he has no right to be Moirish his Chusim to his children and therefore they do not have a right to her Maisidayim and Midoraisa her Maisidayim definitely belong to her. 
that you could give an Evaknani to your children as a Nachla, only an Evaknani could be given over to your children, but the schusim that you have in your daughters, you can't give it over to your children. And therefore, we learn from here that a person has no right to be merged the schus that he has in his daughters to his children. And the Gemara now asks, and we can learn but maybe the only thing that the Torah is teaching us that things that are not for her to receive for example like as well as so then the Torah says that she retains it and it doesn't go to her brothers and how can you learn from this Pasuk that the din would be that the brothers do not receive the Maishidayim maybe the din would be that they actually would receive the Maishidayim since the brothers expend money to support her and it's much more for her to receive Maishidayim and therefore maybe the Torah said that just like we give the right to the father to her Maishidayim we would also give the right to her brothers to her Maishidayim and the Gemara continues Bechein Tan Rav Chanina and Rav Chanina also taught from Abraisa the same as Rabba that Bepita Abbas Beknas Bechavol Sakas Medaba that this Pasuk is only teaching us that the father is not Merish to Knas of Oynes Umefata or Chavolis because there's something which is not Shriach and the Gemara is that Rabba as well as the Abraisa said that the Pasuk is discussing a case of Peter Abbas and Knasis as well as Chavolis and the Gemara is Chavolis Tzari De Gufunenu since Chavolis are Tzari of her body and therefore even if someone was Mechavol her while her father was alive her father would not have a right to collect the money that she receives for Chavola and therefore even though Rabbi's question and the Bryce of Chanina is correct that we could say that the Pasuk is talking about Peter Bas and Knossos however how can you tell us that one of the things that the Pasuk is teaching us that the brothers do not receive the right to their sister's Chavolos even the father would not have a right to their daughter's Chavolos and therefore there is no Chiddush in the Pasuk on that the Gemara says on Rabbi Yisrael Chanina Rabbi Yisrael Chanina says that it is possible that there is a Chiddush by Chavolos that the brothers do not receive the right to her Chavolos and the limit is discussing a specific case as the Gemara continues where someone wounded her on her face and in such a situation the father would receive payment for the damages because of course there is a loss to the father as now he won't be able to sell her as a shifcha for the value that he could have prior to her being wounded and therefore the Pasuk is teaching us that in this case of Chavola although a father would receive payment for this Chavola however her brothers would not receive the payment for such a Chavola after the father died and the Gemara continues and brings down the similar din that we brought down before from Rabbi Huda Amurav who agreed to Rabbi Yasef and said that if the Yisoyimah is supported by her brothers she still doesn't have to give them Maisei and she would retain a Maisei so Amrav Zera Amrav Master Amrav Amrav some say Amrav Rebbe Zera Amrav Master Amrav Basen Nizayim Zbina Achil Maisei Dela Atzma Dixiv Vizilchatam Oysel Lubnech Bachrechem Oysel Lubnech Vloibin Yisechel Lubnechem Magad Sheina Dabayur Shchospita Lubnai as we already learned and the Gemara just had two versions as to who said this din so we saw Amrav Zera Amrav Master Amrav and we also saw Amrav Zera Amrav Master Amrav and the only differential is in the first version said Amrav Zera and the second version said Amrav Zera so Rashi points out that it's actually talking about the same person but Rab Zira originally lived in Bavel and he wasn't Musbach and therefore it says Rab Zira but some say it happened at a later point when he already moved to Israel and he learned by Rabbi Echon and he had Smicha and therefore they said Rab Zira however Taisis and Menachas actually says that there were two different people Rab Zira and Rabbi Zira and that's why we have two different Lashonis and the Gemara continues Amalei Avimi Ba'papi Avimi Ba'papi said to him Shokot Amra that it wasn't Rab that said it but Shokot said this so the Gemara said Shokot Manu who are referring to when we're talking about Shokot the Gemara says it's referring to Shmuel and Rashi explains that they called him the 
that Shmuel was very diligent about all the things that he used to say, and that's why we hold the halacha follows Shmuel in all dinim. And the Aruch says that he called him Shaykid, Shahi Shaykid al And the Gemara continues, How could you say that Shmuel said this? But Rav said it as we saw before, and we saw and So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, that Shmuel also said this memorar. that the brothers would receive the Maisi Daim and Rabashi and the Gemara Paskins that we Paskin like Rav as well as Rabasiv and Shmuel, that even if her brothers support her after her father dies, she would retain the rights to her Maisi Daim. And we continue with the new Mishnah, and the Mishnah will discuss the Dinim of Ksuba. Now throughout Ksubas, we will refer to a woman who is Mekudeshes Umureses as engaged, even though, of course, it's not a perfect translation based on our current usage of the term engaged, and we will refer to a woman who had Nisuyan as a woman that's married. And the Mishnah begins, if someone is Ma'aris, his daughter, that's a Tana or a Naira, and then she gets a divorce, and then she gets engaged once again, and then she becomes Almana, Ksubasa Shaloi, then in both cases, the father would receive the Ksuba, because the entire time that she's a Tana or a Naira, her father has a right to all his including her ksuba. And Rashi points out that our Mishnah is going like the Mandama, that yesh ksuba la rusa. And the Mishnah continues, you see a vigirsha, if a father marries her off and then she gets divorced, but once she got married, then she goes out of the father's yeshus, and then the see of in this amla, and then she gets herself married, and then she becomes a mother, and her husband dies, ksubasa shalah, then the Tanakam holds that both of the ksubas would belong to her, as we have to look at the time of collection of the ksuba, and not when it was written, and at the time of collection, she was already out of her father's rishos. However, Rabbi Huda Ima, Rabbi Huda argues on Tanakama, and he says, that the first ksuba in the case where she got married would belong to the father. And the Gemara will explain what pshat is in Rabbi Huda. Once she got married the first time, there is no rishos to her father, and her father doesn't retain any rights to her. Therefore, the ksuba from both marriages should belong to her and not to her father. And the Gemara begins and points out that time of the that the Mishnah was Medayik in the Russian that said that she originally got married and then got divorced and then she got married and then she became a mother. and it's clearly Mashman that the Mishnah did not want to give a case where both of her marriages ended where her husbands died and the Gemara points out but if her husbands would have both died then she would not be able to get remarried a third time and Agav Ochei the Tan of our Mishnah is teaching us that they didn't follow his Rebbe that argues on Shimon Gamliel and holds if a woman was married to two husbands and both of them die we consider her to be Muxik as a Katlanis and therefore she won't be able to get married to a third husband and Ayin Tesis Diba Maschal Taimud the Siyah Vigirsha where he's bothered that why did the Gemara bring the Raya from the Sefer of the Mishnah of his Siyah Vigirsha Siyah Nisamla if the Gemara could have brought a similar Raya from the case of Ma'aris Hasbita Vigirsha and Irsa Vinisamla of the Raisha and Tesis therefore ties this in to the Machlekes in Mesechtis if there's a din of a katlanis, even if someone only was engaged and then the husband died twice, what do we say that the din of katlanis is not relevant in the case where she was only muresses to a man, and even if she was muresses multiple times and they all die, she could still get married to someone else, and the only time we have the din of a katlanis is only once she's married to the person, and then two of her husband dies, the few Rebbe, or the few of Shimon Gamliel, if three husbands die. And there's a question if you could actually bring a riot from this Mishnah, that if a woman was
was married to two men and both marriages ended in divorce, that we consider also a katlanis lugabi to marriage, and we see that her marriages will always end up in divorce, and therefore she can't marry a third husband, and the Gemara continues and quotes from the Mishnah, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda argues with Tanakama, and even though he agrees with Tanakama that she would receive Aksuba from the second marriage, but the father would collect Aksuba for the first marriage. And the Gemara is, my time in Rabbi Huda, what's Pshad Rabbi Huda? So Rabbi Rabbi Yezid, as Rashi says, Mishas Erison shall balarishin at the point of Erison of the first husband, the Schayv Laksuba, he was already Chayv to pay Aksuba, and immediately at that point, the father had a right to Haksuba. And Rashi continues that Rabbi Huda still agrees to Tanakamo that the father does not have any rights to the second Ksuba. And Rashi explains, but the second Erison, he couldn't be Zeichen Aksuba at that point, to Mishinis Lurishin, right at the moment that she already got married to the first husband, then she has no connection to the father any longer, and therefore the father surely has no rights to her second suba. And the Gemara continues, Must Rava, Rava asked the following question on Rabba and Rabbi Yasef from the following Rabbisa. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda states, that the first suba would belong to the father. However, Rabbi Huda is if someone gets his daughter engaged, while she's a Ktana, and then she becomes a Begaris before she gets married, and then they get married and they wrote a suba right before they got married, that the father did not have any rights to her second suba. And the Gemara is, Am I, why not? Over here, what we should also say, that since at the point of Erisin, she was not a Begaris yet, and she was a Tana, and therefore the father had a right to Aksuba, so therefore the father should retain the right to that Aksuba, even though she became a Begaris before they wrote Aksuba and before the marriage. And the Gemara now will change how Rabbi and Rabbi Yisif understood the Pshat in Rabbi Huda. If we learned a version, this is the version that's proper. Rabbi Rabbi Yisid, Dami Tabayu, Rabbi Rabbi Yisid, both said, in order to explain the Shittas Rabbi Yudah, Hoyo Vishusid Ikhtavim, that the reason Rabbi Yudah says that you get the first Ksuva is because the Ksuva was written while she was still in Rishus, as while she is in Arusa, prior to Nesuyan, they used to write the Ksuva because the Ksuva was written right before Nesuyan, and since at the point that they wrote the Ksuva, she was still in Arusa, therefore he already was kind of the Schus for the moment of the Ksuva. And as Rashi explains, Hoyo Vishusid Ikhtavim, the first Ksuba, which was before Nesuyan, therefore he has the right to that payment of the Ksuba, but the Hilkach Bagwa Kainu Nesuyan, in the case of the Brisa, where she became a Begaris, before Nesuyan, and before the writing of the Ksuba, so so at a point that they wrote the Ksuba, it was not written at a time that she was still in his Rishus, and that's why the father did not have a right to a Ksuba. And Rashi continues, and is bothered that Lukhir, the Lashon of the Gemara, is a little bit fair, as it says, Lukhir is to say, that was written while it was in his Rishos. Why does it say Lashon Rabbim? So Zok Rashi, Hodakasina Dechtovim, Lashon Rabbim, Amonu Messiah, the Ksubakai. It's going on the Mona and Messiah of the Ksuba, and therefore it's proper to use a Lashon Rabbim, and we will stop over here.